Would you care to step outside? We did it today. Superman. I'm sorry, I'm here. You are here. The last one has to come. Warning, DC and RMD contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Awesome. Oh, sorry. That's your signal. That means we have to go now. All right, welcome everyone to DC and RMD, the Stargirl edition on Rain Man Digital. I am Michael Flores, your host for the Stargirl edition, and I'm in the studio with Bobby Doherty. Hello, Bobby. What's happening today? All right, so you and I, we are going to be talking about DC Universe's Stargirl, the season finale, Stars and Stripe, part one and two. We've made it through all of season one without any real hiccups. The show finished strong, and after it's all said and done, this is in the running for the top DC TV shows in 2020. You have Watchmen on that list for sure. You have Doom Patrol on that list and then Stargirl. And I think, honestly, it's really up to your preference, like which is your cup of tea, because you can't really put them side by side and say this one is better. They're all three of them are, are equally great in their own way and written fantastically. But it comes down to subjectiveness, like which one is your cup of tea? Because all three shows just I think they killed it this year. Yeah, well, and I think that's always the thing is we compare superhero shows and we know there's different types of superheroes. Right. And that's not always fair. You know, a a certain superhero movie or character is not the same as another. And and you're right that all three of these were written very, very well. And again, you might be into one over the other. That doesn't mean the other ones are bad. Yeah. I'm hoping this is DC TV turning over a leaf. You know, the arrow has ended. The black canaries are not getting picked up more than likely. I'm hoping they're just like, you know what? I think it's time to make a change in our writing room. A lot of the writers have been so intermingled within the Arrowverse that a lot of the ideas are kind of bleeding over. And one show feels like the same show, like one big show. Uh, There's not a lot of uniqueness within the writing room any longer. So I'm hoping the CW and DC TV, you know, Warner Media is like, yeah, let let these three shows be the example of what we need to be moving forward. You know, let's focus on our individual heroes and just not worry about all the background noise. Let's just focus on telling a relevant story. Yeah. Even the politics in Stargirl is pretty fucking fantastic without getting on the soapbox. Yeah. Yeah. It it was definitely there, but it wasn't so preachy. No. And, And you wouldn't have thought that, you know, four months ago when we started this shit. No, not at all. And I mean, that's a good place to be. If I was Jeff Johns and people are like, yeah, Stargirl's one of the best up there with Doom Patrol and Watchmen, I would be fucking happy as the showrunner. I'm like, shit, I did it. Like, I made yeah. the show I wanted to make. Oh, definitely. So we decided to cover these two episodes as one because we felt like we could have a much better conversation if we combined them. Uh, these episodes had similar pacing. I would say if you were were to compare them side by side, say a summer tentpole flick, it's structured in a very similar fashion all the way up to that ending with Mike killing Icicle. I mean, that was classic summer film 101. Hey guys, what's up? 
If we would have uh, split this up, I would have predicted that somehow that was going to happen. Yeah. It was one of those things, as soon as it happened, I'm like, I thought that shit was going to happen because it was kind of obvious, leaving him behind to right. come out of nowhere because you've completely forgot about him. Um, do you think that this was a CW move? Ah. Oh. That this was originally uh, a longer episode? Because... When yeah. I watched it, I contacted you and I said, Mike, I don't know if we should be doing two shows on this. Yeah. Uh, because as, you know, one of the other guys on the network that puts shows together, it could we have had a conversation about part one? And yes, but it would have been purely speculation. Yeah. And uh, so a lot of it felt like this would have been a supersized episode on, you know, the, the app without worrying about trying to break it up into the the 42 minute structure of the CW. Yeah. So you're thinking that because it went over to the CW that they had to break this up into two separate episodes. Yeah. I would agree with that because as I said, I mean, you take those 45 minutes, put them together. You got a 90 minute episode, which is an unheard of. Of course, when you're talking about premium television networks or premium streaming services these days, when you look at the pilot, the pilot was close to 60 minutes so, yeah, I could totally buy that, especially, again, looking at the evidence in front of us. If you look at the script, the script had all the. The beats and expected, you know, hurdles and obstacles that you would see in a hour and a half, two hour summer film. So, yeah, I would yeah. definitely buy that for sure. So for me, these episodes success relied on a few things and I'm. I'm very interested in seeing how you feel about this, Bob. And if you're having similar thoughts, you and I have been pretty much on the same, you know, wavelength when it comes to this show so far. But for me, it was all about the resolve or that satisfying resolve, bringing the family together in a way that they were united, veering away from the melodrama. Thankfully, a lot of the, the inter-family lies and keeping things from each other which were logical at the moment didn't drag on it didn't become a part of the characterization of say barbara and it didn't define their relationship they were able to move past many of these problems based on rational thought and what would happen in a world real world setting if these types of things were unraveling so you had that resolve in the end, making them stronger brought the resolve, bringing them all together for a common cause, essentially. I mean, in the closing out of the drama being so quick in in all reality is more realistic than anything we've seen on any of the other shows. Yeah, it just feels more legit. People don't really hold. Yes, we know people hold grudges, Bob. That gets obvious and people hold on to things. But also you're dealing with these real world scenarios. You're dealing with people like throwing, you know, ice from their hands and killing people. There wouldn't be a lot of time to say, oh, how dare you keep these things from me? It would be like, I better get on the same page so we can fucking deal with this shit. Yeah. I mean, consider it like a, a zombie apocalypse or something like that. <laughs> if me and you were in a fight and somehow and it's like, look, we need to come together and figure this shit out together. I'm not going to be like, oh, well, fuck that. My guy, he, you know. Because of this, this, and this, this is stupid. It's like, now we have to survive now. Let's get over this shit and let's go. Yeah. So I like that. The writer's book ended the series with Courtney and Pat's relationship. That's another thing. 
going from you're not my father to realizing that Pat is the dad she's been seeking her whole life. That's something we talked about, I believe, in the very first episode. I said at the core of this show, that's the story right there. There were various moments during these episodes that were highly emotional when Pat is able to you know, break through his conditioning because Courtney says she's his daughter. I mean, when Courtney gives Pat the best dad mug, I mean, these are the moments that really pay off when you're watching a show like this. Yeah, no, definitely. They, there's so much heart in this thing um, that you don't see in a lot of shows anymore. And uh, yeah, the, the story was just, I don't know. I in, in thinking about it, it's like I don't know how I would describe the show to people. I mean, it, it's 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 like it's a superhero show, and it's about a family coming together, and you know, the, there's a lot of different elements that go into this that are unique to this. That that like you're right, we just don't see that in other superhero type shows. It's you know, we never saw that with. William and uh, Felicity and Oliver trying to come together as a family. It's like, fuck you. You're not my dad. Fuck you. You're not my mom. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Go to grandma's house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and that's, that's the, the best thing about this show is that, yeah, Courtney and Pat are arguably the lead. So you can say, yeah, it's a, you know, it's about their, it's about them. It's about their story. Yes. But then you also have to remember you have B characters and C characters and they all have to match up thematically. And when you start, you know, I don't want to say fleshing out, but when you start sorting through all the other characters, they all have similar wants. They're all looking for something. They're looking for connection. They're looking for purpose in terms of family. I mean, even our, our enemies and our would be enemies, maybe next year with some of the young kids, even Cindy, uh, no matter how broken she is, what did, what did she want? She wanted to be a part of something. She wanted a Mm -hmm. relationship with her dad Brainwave Jr. wanted a relationship with his dad. Yolanda wanted respect from her family. She wanted them to remember her for who she was, not based on this whole school scandal. She wanted a connection that was lost. She wanted it back. So there's many things that keep this show together based on just saying, hey, well, the theme for Courtney and Pat or what the show's about here for Courtney and Pat, let's just connect everyone under the exact same umbrella. So everything just flows and feels natural. And there isn't any weird, you know, character arcs that don't really mesh or make sense with this story we're telling. Uh, There were also some very classic superhero moments, and these are the moments I always love in superhero shows. I I think a lot of us nerds like those hero recognition moments. You know, I think a lot of us would would tell. I mean, the Iron Man thing. I am Iron Man. I mean, to this day, yeah. that's one of my favorite scenes. I'm like, because that's exactly what I would do. I'm like, yes, I'm Iron Man. I want everyone to know I'm awesome. Yeah. You know, and when Barbara took a minute to watch Courtney fight, I really liked that moment. She was impressed with her daughter. There was a sense of pride and understanding like she understood now why Courtney's doing it like there is empowerment there is a strength there and Amy Smart just being a good actor you could read all these different feelings and thoughts going through her mind as she's watching her daughter and for me that was an important scene because it's an easy way to justify Barbara will be okay with Courtney fighting as Stargirl Because she has witnessed firsthand how capable she is and how good she is at it. 
I have a problem when TV shows don't tackle the realistic side of things. And I know we're in a, a, a larger than life world. We're dealing with superheroes. We're dealing with super villains. But also, this is a superhero show somewhat grounded in reality. You're dealing with the family dynamic. You have to create reasons why characters would be okay with things. You have a woman, Barbara, who obviously was upset originally that Pat had allowed Courtney to go out fighting. So how do you tackle that? How do you bring resolve to that and kind of tuck it away because we don't want to have a season about Barbara telling Courtney that she can't go out and fight. So you create things, you create um, scenarios like that moment where Courtney is showing how powerful she is and how capable she is and the amount of self-esteem and purpose it gives to her. And suddenly you understand now why a parent would let their child go out and do something like that. It's it's I mean, we're both parents. And of course, when you see your kid capable of doing something and again, we don't have superhero kids. We don't know that for sure, but I'm pretty sure mine's not. <laughs> um, You know, whether it's something stupid like going swimming without a floaty or something like that. Yeah. You know, once you see them, then they're capable of doing it. You get comfortable as a parent understanding that, you know, they're growing up. They're able to do these things on their own. And you're right. They created those moments. And again, this is like a lot more risky. But I mean, you think my dad was comfortable with me riding a motorcycle when I was younger? Right. But then once I got a hold of it, yeah, it's a big responsibility. But I was able to hold, you know, hold my own on it. and pick it up and you know if i wrecked i was okay and these things happened yeah. and they, they did create those moments here like you said in in star girl that oh, cool we're not gonna have overlap it's gonna be um finish your homework before you go do superpower shit thank you <laughs> yeah well because that's um and i'm not saying the writers are like yeah okay let's uh have barbara have a moment so we can kind of get rid of this and never address it i don't think a lot of writers overthink things like that subconsciously they do and if you're a, if you're um a writer that understands you know common sense there's a rational uh, aspect to your writing where you want to bring cohesiveness to your story you want to move past certain scenarios or obstacles which i would definitely call barbara an obstacle two episodes ago for courtney mm -hmm. these things are just natural progressions when you're writing so i'm not saying they're planning this out and how exactly they're going to do it but because these are writers that understand the intricacies of these relationships that they created they can without really thinking about it say okay well this would make sense let's move on let's do this i mean and it's an epidemic on tv and the reason why i highlight this because it is an epidemic on tv where TV shows create parents that are completely stupid and oblivious and their kids are out saving the planet. Yeah. And you're just like, well, where are the fucking parents? Are they that stupid? Riverdale is a perfect example of this. Like none of them, all of them have parents. All the kids are out at all hours of the night trying to solve murders. You're 12. You're 15. Yeah, the only one that should be out there is Jughead who doesn't really have parents. Right. <laughs> You know, and they don't address the obvious like a child is 16 and should be a child, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, if my son was playing superhero, I'd be like, listen, I respect that. Um, you know, if I put myself in this scenario, I would. I don't care how good he is at it. And if he's 16 years old, I'm like, listen, you're going to be also really great at this in two years when you're 18. So get your ass in your room. <laughs> 
you're but, grounded. But then there wouldn't be a show. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'd be like, sorry guys, I couldn't stop the robber this week. I was grounded. No TV. <laughs> There's got to be a show like that. There's got to be like a superhero parody where they can't. In fact, I think there was. Let me. Th- which one was that? Well, they did the superhero parody on NBC. What, Powerless. What about Superbad? It's super, not Superbad. What's the one with that? Uh, with that one goofy kid? Was it Superbad? Remember the guy, the funny kid from Superbad that. That became the villain of this uh, well, Kick-Ass. Didn't they do that in Kick-Ass? Oh. That's what it was, no, right? Yeah, he wasn't really grounded. Oh, I thought there um, was moments where they had to worry about their parents catching them or something like that. Yeah, the uh, yeah, I could definitely see that, though. That'd be just like a, a funny like offshoot comedy type thing. Yeah. So another moment that made this series that much better is the, yeah, the philosophical angle that I did not expect to get in this show, which just adds the the layers of substance to a show like this. Again, in a show that we didn't expect to get this type of stuff. We've been talking all season about Jordan not really being a bad guy. He's a bit like a vigilante. The ISA was created to fight injustice. That was a big point for me. And as misguided as Jordan's plans were when you break down what he wanted those are good things he wanted to bring free medical care for all i mean and racism and a half a dozen other progressive agendas that many in this world would applaud and probably be an asshole if they were to say they're against that in fact that there was a funny moment in part one where i believe rick said are we sure we're on the right side <laughs> are we sure we're the, we're the good guys something to that effect yeah, and I loved it because, dude, I loved it because all of them, every single one of them, Beth, Courtney, Yolanda, Pat, they all stopped for a good like six seconds while they thought about it. You know, it was good. Yeah, no, definitely. It just brings it. First off, it just creates these villains that we keep talking about, these interesting characters. And also, you know, I, before I forget, I got to bring this up again. But it also draws a line in the sand and they definitively say something. And it's something that, you know, you and I have bashed Arrow for for many years now with their um, their gun episode where they couldn't even draw a line in the sand and create or form an opinion. Everybody had some way of saying why guns are bad or good or, hey, guys, middle of the road. Here you have a definitive statement being made. Yes, these things are good. Right. These things are good, but as a viewer, it's designed to do a few things that makes you think because it's a strong political question to pose. When do you force people to do the right thing? When do you take people's rights away and force them to conform? Sure, you can pass laws, elect officials that align with your ideology. That's how this country works, but you don't take the rights of the people by force. You cannot force people to think the same way. And that was the line they drew. Like, yes, these are great things. These are, without a doubt, things that should be a part of our society. But you cannot take them by force. You can't make people do these things. Just thought about this. This was like a different version of Kingsman. Yeah. They gave everybody the phones and they wanted everybody just to clean each other out. And only leave the good people behind. The rich. Right. Yeah, I I really, really, because I'm a political guy. I don't talk about politics a lot just because I hate talking about politics and it's just very divisive in this social landscape. But I love smart political thought. I love when they get people to 
to think by posing questions, especially I, I feel like Jeff Johns was trying to make a statement that was relevant in today's society, because there are a lot of people that want good things. There are a lot of people yeah. that want to end these things and they are actually out there trying to force people to do things and they're trying to silence people if they express a different thought. So in in Jeff John's own way, he is getting political. This is something we talk about all the time. Like if you want to get political, go ahead and do it. This is your show. Art has been used to push progressive thought since the dawn of time. Do it, but be smart about it. And this yeah. is a good example of that. Yeah, it, it it you have to look for it. It wasn't preachy like every week, every five no. minutes, every time a character came up um, that had the same rhetoric or like just overdone where you're just like, all right, I know what this idiot's going to say. I'm just going to go get a drink right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they even set up that that question for Icicle or the question that Icicle posed to Barbara. He's like, if I could cure cancer forever by sacrificing a half million people right now. I mean, that's that's a that's a hard question. I mean, that's a difficult question to answer. A half million people opposed to endless millions. What decision do you make? You kill a half million people. You and I, yes, because I think we're very logical. But yeah, I mean, to me, it'd be like, yes, you're talking about ending cancer, something that kills endless millions of people. You know, if we don't cure it, literally endless yeah. millions of people like, yeah. So there's even a, log a logical aspect to Icicle's thoughts. Yeah. Let me cure cancer. And I'm just going to kill, you know, a half a million people. It makes sense. It also tackles that question about dropping the bomb, you know, during World War Two. Because that's something that is debated to this day within philosophical circles. Is that something the United States should have done? It saved millions and millions of lives, but it also cost many lives. Yeah, well, and again, those are the tough decisions. But we've always talked about how much these characters or these villains reminded of, of Lex. Yeah, from Superman. Yeah. Lex never thought he's bad. Lex is looking at an alien that has absolute power and he didn't want it. You know, it wasn't anything against it. He was just looking at the, the negative when it comes to Superman. And that's what these people were kind of doing is the same exact thing. They're looking at the world and going, look, I, if I could remove the negative. Think how much better this will be. Yeah. So, again, these villains make the story work yeah a villain of the week or any kind of other formula for this it wouldn't it it just wouldn't have panned out perfect or if we would have ended up with saved by the bell the superhero years oh you know just something to that like all the directions like in my head that i thought this was going that this was going to be a teenage yeah. superhero drama at school um, and they avoided all that. We were and totally it, it, wrong. It worked out. So, yeah. So moving to Yolanda, her story took an interesting turn. And finally, she's interesting to me because I just I didn't dislike her, but I just like, yeah, I can take her or leave her. Like, she's not that important to the story, in my opinion. But the decision that she made to kill Brainwave. Now, that's going to make for some interesting aspects to um, explore next season 
what is this going to do to her? I mean, she's 16 years old and she took a man's life. I mean, come on, realistically, can uh, you think any 16-year-old will be like, yeah, all right, let me uh, get to uh, sitting down here and doing this homework. It's a biology class. It's going to change her forever. She witnessed her boyfriend die. I mean, these situations are complicated. She did make emotional decisions, possibly not logical. And when you compare it to, say, Icicle, he made a logical or he was attempting to make a logical, non-emotional decision. Who's right? The person who took someone's life via emotion or someone who was willing to take a life based on logic? We've always had that like debate about can a superhero take a life? Or is that the difference between a vigilante and a superhero? Yeah. And when they kind of brought that up, I almost saw it coming that she was going to, there was going to have to be a choice somewhere to, to make. Yeah. Um, now it just seemed odd that, you know, that became a debate when it looked like they were just on, on a murderous rampage going around anyways. <laughs> And trying to stop everybody. Right. And, and you know, the whole would you kill baby Hitler, you know, type yeah. scenario. It's just like, well, what is it? If you know it's evil and you take it out, that doesn't necessarily make you evil in my book, at least. Right. Yeah. I don't yeah. think I agree with you. Like, but you and I are very similar people. Like I would take people's life of an I would take an evil person's life like fuck it the guy doesn't deserve to live he's awful killing millions of people killed his wife and his child I, I would not have I probably wouldn't lose sleep at night but we're dealing with a show of superheroes where they are supposed to take the high road right so we'll see it's gonna have some oh it's gonna have yeah. some ramifications for sure there's gonna be some big consequences for her especially because they were trying all season to draw the line between a superhero and a villain. And as I said, you have one character take the life of someone based on emotion. And you had another guy using logic rather than emotion. And then you have Rick Tyler, who was also emotional. And he ended up making the right decision and spare Solomon Grundy's life. So there was a lot of things they were doing there in parallel to each other to posed ideas and questions for next season yeah well and you know next season yolanda is gonna sit there and her mexican catholic guilt oh. is gonna come out <laughs> and she's gonna light some candles and, and to marry to whatever virgin that will make it all better um and that's what that's how we're gonna work this one out ah, it's gonna be maria guadalupe Yeah. And Mike is finally included and ends up being the one to kill Icicle. Like, come on. You know, when they read the script, like, wait a second here. You, Mike's going to kill Icicle. <laughs> well, you know, he had to sell it. You know, Jeff Johns had to sell that to everyone. Like, wait a second. Really? Well, OK, this is my my whole thing. This dude was just like unbreakable, like indestructible the whole season in my head. You just had to hit him when he was frozen. I mean, at any point, you should just pick up a rock <laughs> if he's that fragile. <laughs> like a gun would have taken him out. Well, I'm thinking maybe he's not dead. Like they just he just shattered. He's going to form liquid. He's like the T-A- 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 T-A-
go through the cracks in the street, get into the sewer. miss an arm until he can find the rest of the water. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think, you know what? Let's take a break. Let's take a quick break. And then we're going to get into the setup for next year. And we'll talk about the possibilities for Icicle. All right. We'll be right back. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. In the same week that George Floyd was killed, why is that relevant? The, the, did you say the George Floyd? Is he like yeah, a... No, that George Floyd. No. Uh, a cake decorated with a black penis on it showed up in the conference room at the Maycomb County Medical Examiner's office. Not only was the cake offensive, says one investigator, but it highlighted a chronic problem at the morgue that has now cost three employees... A chronic problem? That's what I... One's death, There's a whole lot going on but work. What the fuck? How is the thing is, the, but that's the and thing this is a morgue, right? This is a morgue. Just burn people and be over with your job. Be done with it. <laughs> Listen, you have seven dead people. Put them in the fucking incinerator and and let bygones be bygones. Take that ash, put it in a box, give it to the significant others or the next of kin, and that's your job. There's no time for dick cakes. <laughs> hey, you guys are just eating. There's another goddamn dick cake in the car. <laughs> black dick too. Oh, I feel so inadequate. You guys are just eating way too much black dick cake. <laughs> Simmer down. Are you guys measuring it compared to the cake? Put your dicks away. Simmer down, oh. ladies. I, I'm going home. My dick doesn't look this good. Accordingly, Is it lost. layered? <laughs> the Rain Man Show. Exclusively on Rain Man Digital. Head over to RainmanDigitalMedia.com for more details or search for it wherever you listen to podcasts. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. Welcome back, everyone, to DC and RMD, the Stargirl edition. Okay, Bob, so let's get into the setup for next year. It looks like we're going to get what we had hoped we wouldn't get next season. And we have been saying that we're going to get Saved by the Bell, the the teen years, or what was it called? Superhero years. Yeah, superhero, superhero, the teen years. And we've been making jokes about that all season, and we have not really received that we've had a good mixture of both adults and adolescents but it looks like next year we might end up getting that because you have cindy right you have the tuba kid and you have jordan's kid Mm -hmm. so i mean yes they can introduce new villains which i'm sure they will but we also have three of these kids who are probably going to be, if you look at the source material, I believe they all end up to be members of the ISA at some point. 
So we're going to have another, another ISA. I'm hoping they put a pin in that and let a season or two go by before the big arch villain of the Justice League of America comes back. And maybe we deal with the other other elements within the world of Stargirl. Because we also have that thing with Eclipso. Who's kind of a big deal. Do you know much about Eclipso in DC? No. No, I haven't. I didn't even look it up. I wanted to, you know, I, I heard the name and I was like, all right, cool. You know, they're they're setting up something. And then my mind went to like, man, I hope they start filming real soon. Well, he's a pretty um, dark character, which that's... Prince of Darkness is his aliases, Vengeance Demon, the Lord of No Man's Land Between Light and Darkness, uh, Spirit Possession is his abilities, Immortality. He's a supernatural character. Hmm. I, so, I mean, he was introduced in the House of Secrets back in 1963, which th- this is right up my alley. Yeah, the, the, this is my type of stuff. The the, the occult side of DC. So it's going to be it's going to be I definitely mean, a change in tone, right? If you're bringing a character like this into the world of Stargirl, it seems like there's going to be a slight tone shift, right? Uh, you would think so, especially just the fact that if Grundy is running around that that could bring him back into it cuz we didn't really use him a lot this time. Um but yeah, if you I mean it would make sense. The 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 only thing that we we've seen with a lot of these shows is that they're the, the life cycle isn't always guaranteed. You know, you're not guaranteed a hundred shows anymore. You're not guaranteed five years. That's true. Um, Especially when so, we're talking about DC. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's always been one of those things of like, even with the flash we've talked about, it's like, well, how long can you leave reverse flash out there before you bring him back in? Because you don't want to get canceled and then have, you know, your best bullet in your chamber knowing that he's out there somewhere. Yeah. So, you know, we will see how it works out. Like the continuous, like after credit scenes, I'm going to call them. (laughs) I'm telling you, dude, this was a, this was Jeff Johns making a DC feature film. That's what he was doing, dude. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) between like, you know, Cindy finding this and then going to this and then Starman coming back. And you're just yeah. like, what the hell's going on here? What are they really setting up of, you know, Justin disappearing, this person doing this, this person doing this. There was so much there. And that's why that I'm like, not getting too worried about having Cindy and the tuba kid and Jordan's kid around because we also have so many other things being worked on in the background that they could Right now, at this point, it's any person's guess what they're going to do. And I like that. I really dig the fact that it's like, oh, shit, you have this, you have this, you have this. What are they going to do? Who the fuck knows? Yeah. And and just consider the things that were left open from this year. We have a lantern. We have a flash. We have all these other things that still haven't been kind of answered. And when Starman came back, I was like, well, where are the rest of them? What are they going to do now? Yeah. Like, there better be so, a damn good reason why Stargirl or Starman is alive, though. I mean, the whole season was built on his death. So that that's the only that I did groan a little bit. I'm like, oh, Jesus, come on. Well, at first I was like, they're really going to get Joel McHale to come back for a whole nother season. 
Well, you know, um, maybe he, what are they going to do with this? the final cut of season one? He's like, fuck yeah, I'll come back. Let me do this. Yeah. <laughs> what else am I doing right now? Yeah, there's no NBC sitcom that wants to pick me up. I remember, um, dude. I mean, Pat Dugan was like, or not Pat Dugan, uh, Luke. What's his name? Luke Wilson. I mean, yes. Luke Wilson said they were walking in and out of the editing studio. And he's all, wait a second. This is the show. Like there was an interview where he was like blown away. And he's like, this is yeah. fucking great. <laughs> Like they didn't even like they it. had no they had no clue that the show was gonna look this great. And talk about a leap of faith. That's why a lot of them are now trusting him. Like, yeah, I don't care if it's on CW. We're coming back next year. This is great stuff. Yeah. Well, hey, look, if it's a CW and it's filming somewhere where they can get to readily, like, um, and it's not moving to Canada for six months, of course they're gonna take it. Um, but uh, there's there's so much going into the season two that you're right. They have so many different directions. And and who knows? Maybe at at that fandom, they'll, they'll do some kind of announcement or some kind of tease there. Because I'm, well, I'm why hoping, not? I'm hoping. It seems like they're not quite sure what's going on. That, you know, and oh, I know I Jim. Know some things that are going on. Oh, you do things you oh, can yeah. talk about. Um, probably not. Okay, <laughs> I didn't think so. I just. So- <laughs> I, I know something big is happening with The Rock for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, th- th- yeah. I have some inside information on that about we will know what he looks like. And there's some things that are going on there. As far as everything else, you would figure this is their opportunity to do these things. If you're going to do all these DC suit up promos with Stargirl as being one of them, mm-hmm. you better have something for her. Yeah. So. I'm looking forward to seeing what they have planned. Uh, the showrunner for Stargirl, Jeff Johns, in a recent interview, has already assured people. Uh, obviously, the general consensus of CW's second season not being that great, or the Stargirl second season being on the CW not being that great, has already, you know, already has made its way to his desk because he's addressing it specifically. According to this article here, uh, TV line, Stargirl boss reassures season two on CW will be even better. Nothing less. He says, listen, we have an amazing team, amazing cast, amazing writers, and we're going to deliver the best show possible. Our goals is to deliver a show that is cinematic and different than all the other shows. And is of the utmost quality. And we have a lot of talented people to do that. The pacing, the tone, the world. We've already established that. And we have the best VFX house. They're not going anywhere. So it's almost like he's listening to our show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because he literally just, I mean, there's, I had a little tally box of all the little things, little check boxes. I'm like, okay, yeah, he, check, he check. got that. He addressed that. He addressed that. And that was actually a big one. Do you remember what two or three episodes ago? We actually specifically mentioned there's just no way he's going to be able to keep the same VFX house. And apparently he no. is. Yeah. Well, whatever. Maybe he's got him under contract. They're stuck with him no matter what. I mean, they can also cut a lot of that stuff. Look at Legends of Tomorrow on the CW. They have gotten rid of a lot of their sequences because of budgetary reasons, I'm sure. I mean, they yeah. very seldom even do any real superhero type stuff, but it works in a show like that because it's just a bunch of people. The show's about them. 
yeah, more than anything, well, individuals. I, you just hope. I think my worry would be like let, let's keep it in between the you know ten to sixteen range, episode wise. Because I think that's where we lose a lot of the TV shows that we do cover that have full like twenty three season you know uh, right. episode runs. You know, and I'm again, I'm I'm sure you've seen this in Supernatural, and I've seen this covering all the DC shows that they just have throwaway episodes that don't really help out with the story. With the like the shorter schedule, they don't have time to throw those fluff in, and yeah. and 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 that's when they want to keep that quality up. I think that's where the quality really truly comes from. Is that we're not writing a whole thing about like, oh, we lost the dog. Let's get on the, the, the cosmic staff and ride around and try to find the dog for an hour. <laughs> I don't know. I just made that up. If that's a fucking episode, I'll shoot myself. I, I can see it in the CW <laughs> DC <laughs> show. I, I think that's, you a, know pilot. What I mean? I like, think that's the, a pilot episode for the upcoming Superman um, <laughs> series. The, the, yeah, your uh, the superhero thing we were joking about with kids. I was going to make that joke. Was going to be Lois and Clark and the yeah. kids. Yeah. Speaking of that, dude, how funny is it going to be when Stargirl is better than Superman in every way? <laughs> because I don't, it's already better, and I haven't even seen a pilot. Yeah, I don't have faith in the Superman show, and I'm a Superman fan. I don't have much faith in that show. No, it's not even going to be um, a Superman show if you read the synopsis. It's going to be a a super family show. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. So addressing the issues of cost as well during this interview, Jeff John says startup costs are always the most expensive, obviously. He says the building and testing and a lot of that we've already done. We have some new things to get into, which is exciting, which is exciting, but we wouldn't do season two if we didn't think we could make it as good as season one, but different. We're going to explore different story, different thematics, different avenues for the characters. We're all working incredibly hard on this because we're so proud of season one and we want season two to be even better. That's our goal. Nothing less. So he is talking to the fans who are kind of miffed that's moved over to the CW. Okay. I mean, it's well, pretty, again, cl- it's pretty clear. If you give me the same people, I'll have a, a belief in it. If six months from now we're looking at ads that, you know, he stepped down or somebody else has stepped in and Googs has now taken over with Berlanti, I'll be like, all right, and here we go. Well, and that's the sad thing is that we're probably two years away from seeing Stargirl season two. You have coronavirus, yeah. you have tons of things that are obstacles right now that many of these TV shows have to handle before getting back on set you're going to have a bunch of people in the way of of getting things shot you're going to have a lot of people trying to shoot at the exact same time because of this yes they're off on their own i believe in georgia correct so they're not going to be a part of the vancouver shoots but you also remember have to remember georgia is also a pretty big place Uh, for filming so once stranger things walking dead (laughs) You're going to have all these people going out at the same time trying to shoot. And then you also have to worry about the CW schedule. The schedule's backed up. Yeah. As of now, at least an entire half a season backed up. So anything they might have had planned for 2021 is going to have to come next. 
So where are they going to find a place for Stargirl in the scheduling? So they're going to have to, I don't, I think it's going to be a while. It's going to be more than a year for sure before we see season two, without a doubt. Well, and I, luckily, I think the only one that we we'll probably have to worry about aging is Mike, because I think the rest of them are pretty much adults. He's going to come back and his balls have already dropped and he has like, you know, chin hair and. Well, yeah. He's fucking I mean, Courtney. You always. You. <laughs> Jesus. You wonder that, you know, you look at things like uh, Stranger Things. Yeah. And the longer they put that off, it's like, then the, those kids are going to be grown ass people by the time they get that that filming done. And uh, like I said, luckily. What about Rick? I mean, Rick already looks like a man. If he if he goes, <laughs> if he goes another, if we go another two or three years, he's going to be a, like a big dude. He's not gonna, it's going to be really Some hard. Male pattern baldness. So stupid. You're pushing it, expecting us to believe Rick is in high school. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you better come back and then be graduating. Kind of like American Pie style. Yeah, put like, him in oh, college. going to college now. Put him in Blue Valley College or whatever that place is. What's that city called? Yeah. Man, put him in Blue... <laughs> community they're, college. They're all, yeah, they're not aspiring for greatness. They're just going to all go to community college together. Yeah. All right. So... That's exciting, at least hearing that Jeff Johns is backing up this show. But as I was saying, we're about. We're a long ways away from being in the safe areas, the safe zone, because, as you said, you're waiting about articles dropping. And right now you're positive, but it's only a matter of time before we see articles or we may see articles pertaining to that. You know, people dropping away, Jeff Johns stepping down, writers changing and Unless they have contracts signed for everyone in that writing room, writers are always looking for their next job. So well, yeah. we're in the midst of coronavirus. People need to work. There's a lot happening between season one and season two in terms of production and the industry. So I'm going to stay cautiously optimistic that things will remain as is if things remain as is Bob like you said then I don't see a problem happening for season two yeah and and again I'm more worried about production schedule type stuff it is my thing it's it if this was a normal end of the year type thing um and we were in you know we know it's okay. We got six to eight months before they'll start filming again and it'll be good to go, but we don't know where we're at. And then that's where my worry comes from. Everything that they said so far, the CW thing doesn't worry me. Cause if, if they are going to make a shift, it's got to start somewhere. And maybe this is it, like you said, but I don't know what a contract looks like for an actor and how long you expect me to wait around for you to start filming. And, you know, some other big thing comes up for Luke Wilson or uh, anybody else. And they're just like, look, I can't wait anymore. I'm sorry. I got to disappear for six weeks, eight weeks to go do this movie. Now we're going to put this on hold. I'm not worried as much for the actors because, because we're in coronavirus. So there's probably not a lot of things for them to do in terms of, Hey, we need you on set right now. Plus let's say Luke Wilson gets a job or Amy smart gets a job. It's probably going to be on a movie. It'll take four to six weeks. It's not going to interfere necessarily with the, the potential production schedule for Stargirl. But if you're talking about, let's say, specific writers, Jeff Johns himself, our cinematographers, our team, our core team, they're in limbo right now. 
and they may say, hey, listen, I don't have, I don't have the luxury of going on a, a movie shoot, making bank for six weeks and then sitting, you know, sitting down quietly again. So who knows? I, I'm like I said, let's just be positive, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, let's talk about our final thoughts and our RMD score. We'll just grade them as one, both part one and part two. You want to start? How often are we on track with Rotten Tomatoes? Not, not like our track record as a network. Not, not very often. What do you think it is for Stargirl for the first season? Oh, geez. Um, 50%. 92%. What? <laughs> that wow. 92% from the critics, 82% from the audience. See, we're more in line with the critics though, too. 92%. Yeah, no. Dude, it's a fucking solid show. I just I I don't know why I've decided to look it up before I knew we were going to be doing this. Um, but I wanted to see because again, we don't have the best track record when it comes to what we believe is a good show or movie compared to the critics on Rotten Tomatoes to the fact that we've actually applied to be on Rotten Tomatoes to become a critic to try to offset some of the bullshit. Um, I, I want to give both uh, 92 for both of these, like for, for the finale and probably about that for the season. Also, uh, this was by far more surprising to me than anything I've covered on this network ever. Um, where I had zero expectations going into it. And not only were those like exceeded, it, it blew me away on how well this show was put together. Um, you know, whether it was the effects, the acting, the, the way it was shot, the themes, the music, it's just like, it, it shocked me. Like I, again, had no expectations coming in. And, and for me to be like, okay, I could watch this again. And I don't think I've ever wanted to watch a second se- a, a, a season of anything again. Yeah. Um, that I've covered. Um, maybe Watchmen. But th- that's how good this was. And th- it was such a heart. And you, we always talk. They are, The whole thing is like superhero shows need to be grounded in reality. Well, yes, grounded in reality means different things. And here they took that ground grounded in reality and made it into real reactions of real people, not taking the fact that a superhero has to like agree with the physics of the world. <laughs> exactly. You know, and yes. I think that's what people think when they say grounded in reality is that that that's what that means. Right. That, you know, there's no way they can do that. That's not real. Well, no, that's not what it means to me. Grounded yeah. in reality means real reactions out of real people. And yeah. that's what we got this whole time. Exactly. So. So what's your percentage? 92. Again, shocked that I'm giving it a 92 and 92 for the season and 92 for the finale finale, but in, in agreeing with Rotten Tomatoes, something's wrong. Yeah. Probably with Rotten Tomatoes, not me. <laughs> no. My scores are always right. I feel like with a show like this, the reason why we can all be on the same page is because it's easy. It is an easy show. There are some shows that are really great, but they're complicated and not because the mainstream is dumb, but many of the mainstream don't want to think They even mainstream critics. They want to see something. They want to understand what they're seeing. There's a sense of comfort when you're dealing with the familiar. And when if you could and if you can deliver something that's familiar and deliver something that's written well, you're going to have a show like Stargirl. And I think that's why many of us are on the same page with this because it isn't an overly complicated show. 
it's an easy show with a lot of heart and a capable writing room. And when I say it's not a complicated show, I'm not insulting it. There is a missed art or a lost art in easy writing. So many writers nowadays in TV shows want to be overly complicated. They want to be pretentious. I look at Westworld. I mean, look at parts of Game of Thrones. They try too hard to make something intelligent rather than focusing on writing a story, which then by default becomes intelligent. (laughs) So that's what this show has managed to do. And you're absolutely right, Bob. The grounded aspect. We're dealing with people that, yes, they're in larger than life scenarios, but they're reacting and acting like people that live in our world. That's all I want in a show. I want people to make rational decisions, decisions that normal people would make. And to see a show like this, a superhero show that none of us expected to get, just completely deliver in almost every aspect. As a DC fan, it delivered. Sometimes you have something that's not written great, but it's delivered. uh, You're like, oh, wow, but that was an awesome DC moment. This literally checked all the boxes. Great writing. Uh, it reflected the the DC world in a fantastic way. So I'm looking forward to season two and I'm giving this season as I'm giving this episode a 91%. And the season it probably fits in around there as well someplace when you take in uh, to account all of my other grades. So, cool, Bob, with that, this does take us to the end of our discussion. I want to thank everyone for sticking with us throughout the entire season one, we will be back for season two. If you found us specifically because you are listening to Stargirl, uh, the Stargirl edition, uh, you can also find all of our discussions and DC related content on our DC and RMD main feed. Make sure you search for that. That way you don't have to wait an entire year before you hear from us again, because we cover various DC content all year long. Thank you, Bob. You might. Who are you, bitches? Mother of God! Would you look at the time when you came here? You had an hour. 